Well, hello, hello, beautiful people. So let's talk about a nasty little word we all know and have had personal experiences with over our lifetime. What is it? Diet. Now, I know many of you don't think it's a nasty word, but I come to simply despise it. Now, I'm going to explain just why I hate the word diet so much and how I think dieting is a bad thing for many of us. So join me as we dive further into this topic. That's next on Rebel with a Cause with Mouth on Legs. Stay tuned. Diet or dieting are words that I simply don't use in my vocabulary anymore. I detest them. I feel they are at large more harmful to us than beneficial. Now, personally, I've never had any true success with them myself. I know many people feel the same way as I do on this matter. It's a culture that has gone way too overboard and sends out too many bad messages, in my opinion. So, do you know what diet culture is? Most people don't, yet we live in it daily. We have become so inundated with diet culture that it just seems normal. However, it's time to end diet culture, or at least drop out of it. So, what can we focus on? Let's focus on well-being. Yes, that's right. Diet culture is a belief system that focuses and values weight, shape, and size over well-being. Variations of diet culture also include rigid eating patterns that on the surface are in the name of health, but in reality are about weight, shape, or size. Now, diet culture is really a tricky thing. Because we have learned that diets don't work, they diet culture, had transformed their message to say that they're all about health. Their definition of health, though, is one that is synonymous with weight. That when you lose weight, by any means necessary, then you will be healthier. By restricting your eating and eliminating food groups, you will feel better and be happier. This isn't reality. The reality is people do crazy, unhealthy, even dangerous diet behaviors in the name of health to lose weight. That isn't health. That's diet culture. And that's why I think it has to end. Furthermore, diet culture also reinforces for people who are thin that they don't need to take care of their health. Eating, exercise, sleep, stress management, etc. Because they are already healthy. And again, this is diet culture. Diet culture can be difficult to identify because it is so pervasive. Diet culture includes, but not limited to, labeling foods as good or bad and internalizing the message to believe that you are good or bad because you ate a certain food. Eliminating entire food groups or certain foods within the food group. Following external rules of what, when, and how much to eat. Avoiding foods that are high in fat, carbs, or calories. Feeling anxious about making the wrong decisions of what to eat. Feeling guilty after eating. Ignoring internal cues from your body, like hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. Believing that you have to take supplements, powders, etc. to be healthy. Avoiding social situations because of the type of food that is served. Focusing on appearance, including compliments on weight loss or gain. 
believing that you are better than others because you eat a certain way or feeling that you are worse or lesser than others because you don't eat a certain way. Believing that you are unworthy because of your body shape or size or believing that you are worthy because of your body shape or size. Allowing the number on the scale or the size of your clothes to determine your happiness. Exercising for punishment or compensation rather than for joy. Eating more now because you feel like you have blown it. So what the hell? You'll just start over tomorrow or Monday. Needing to read a label or find out what is in the food so that you can see if it fits into your macros before you eat it. Feeling that you need to justify your eating. Being praised about your vigilant eating. Praising others about how they are such a good eater. Talking about food, weight, exercise, diets, etc. constantly. Now, diet culture is difficult because sometimes we can't even see it. When everyone around you talks about food in terms of good or bad, bonds over dieting and cleanses celebrates weight loss at all costs. It can be difficult, if not impossible, to know that this isn't healthy. Plus, when you go to your doctor and they reinforce weight loss at all costs, it's confusing, to say the least. Diet culture wants it that way. Diet culture is a $40 billion industry that spends a lot of money on marketing to make you feel bad. Why? Because when you feel bad, you buy their products and services. When you feel bad, you buy into the belief that if you lose weight, whatever it takes, you will feel better. This keeps you stuck in the diet cycle forever chasing the proverbial carrot. Diet culture says you should lose weight and keep it off. Live a lifestyle of forever dieting. Hate yourself and your body. Talk bad about yourself and other people of size. Feel worthless unless you are dieting or trying to lose weight. As a result, people stay stuck in the cycle and you cannot get out of the diet culture unless you choose not to engage in the diet cycle. This means breaking up with, ditching, dropping out, whatever you want to call it, but ending diet culture. Because when you do this, you will feel better. You will begin to take care of yourself. You will begin to see value in you. You will begin to place your well-being and health over a number. Choosing not to engage in the diet cycle doesn't mean that you give up or let yourself go. It means that you choose taking good care of you over taking good care of a number on the scale or clothing size. There is a difference. Now again, I've been on several diets in my lifetime, and you know what? None of them have been successful. I feel that they are way too restricting, and I never follow through with them. There are way too many do's and don'ts. I have found I just can't omit or cancel out any foods in my life. Today, I just simplify things as much as possible. I eat everything in moderation. I watch my calories and try not to overdo on refined sugars and bad carbs. For me, I found this is the only way to go. Life is too short to cut out completely the foods I love. Now with that, I say do what's best for you. Everyone is different. We all have different nutritional needs. Find an eating pattern that works for you and stick with it. 
Well, that's another episode, guys. Stay tuned for another segment coming right up. Cheers. Do you struggle with certain people not liking you? Do you try too hard to win people over? Let's just face it, not everyone will like you. Now join me and let's talk about how to stop focusing on trying to get everyone to like you. Let's discuss ways to put more energy into the people who do. And more importantly, shift that focus onto yourself instead. Now obviously, we all want to be liked. It's not a nice feeling when we find out someone doesn't like us. But why do we care so much? Why does it really bother us to know that certain people just don't like us? It all starts when we're young and we're in school. We have this deep-seated need to fit in with our peers and to be liked and accepted by them. At that stage in our lives, we are very vulnerable and insecure. And a lot of the time, we are finding our way and still trying to figure out who we are. Oftentimes, however, we're just unaware of it. It can be unconscious. There are many cliques in school. Certain groups form and not everyone fits in. Kids do almost anything to try and fit in. To be accepted by your peers is everything during these years. Kids and teenagers feel that they must look and act a certain way. There is a huge pressure on adolescents. Oftentimes, people carry this behavior throughout their lives. Now let's look into the reasons why people may not like you. And then I will share how I have come to learn how not to care if people like me or not. Okay, so here are the reasons. Now, number one, you talk too much. Having a wide-ranging conversation is one of life's great pleasures, but it is most definitely a two-way street. If one person dominates the conversation and fails to give others the chance to express their own opinions, it will cause frustration and resentment for the listener. Being forced to listen to one person sounding off about themselves, their feelings, their relationships, and their problems is not a conversation. It's a therapy session, and people pay good money for that. There's quite a complex set of unwritten rules about how conversation works that are learned mostly by trial and error as we grow up. The best conversationalist is actually a really good listener. Now remember that and make sure you ask sincere questions about what's going on in the lives of the people you talk to and listen attentively to their response. Do this and you won't go far wrong. Number two, you like to show off. No one likes a bragger. If your life is perfect and you're so damn smart or rich or successful, there's never any excuse for ramming your supposed superiority down the throats of mere mortals. The reality is that most people find life a pretty hard road, so it's hardly surprising that they're less than impressed or even openly hostile toward anyone who makes a habit of stressing about their many accomplishments or flaunting their new car or photos of their expensive homes or exotic vacations. It's not that they're jealous, but their own lives are diminished somehow when compared to your charmed existence. Social media has made it easier than ever to show off. You can share your successes with your friends at the click of a button and let them know how wonderful your life is. Perhaps you don't even see it as bragging. Trust me, it is. 
You'll gain people's respect if you resist the urge to highlight your successes and focus more on the achievement of others. Number three, you dodge the blame. We all make mistakes. Of course we do. The age-old phrase, to err is human, neatly sums it up. And when we make a mistake, the best way to move on from it is to face up to it, apologize, and hopefully learn from the unfortunate experience. But someone who consistently fails to admit that they are wrong, and worse, still will argue till they're blue in the face that it was someone else who made the error, is going to lose friends fast. Don't get me wrong, it's not easy fessing up and apologizing, and there are sometimes unpleasant consequences. That said, it's always the right course of action, whereas shifting the blame onto some innocent party and seeing them take the flack is unacceptable. Number four, you bully or intimidate others. Whether at home or at work, one of the quickest ways to lose friends and lose all respect is to fall into a trap of flexing your metaphorical muscles and picking on others who behave differently or have opinions that are at odds with your own. Being a bully is all about feeding a person's own insecurities and is actually a demonstration of weakness rather than strength. That's the reason bullies almost always form cliques who act jointly in intimidating or deriding those who don't fit in. Being part of such a group of like-minded people bolsters their self-esteem. Bullies may think that they do have friends, but the group is actually held together by fear and exclusion rather than the mutual love or respect. Taking a step back and assessing your own friendship group and the way it functions might give you a few clues. Is it a click? Does it thrive on intimidation and exclusion of others? If so, I think you'll work out for yourself what you need to do. Number five, you have poor personal hygiene. Sorry to bring this down to the subject of bodily smells, but smelly armpits, stinky breath, or general uncleanliness in our 21st century Western society won't win you any friends. In days gone by, when everyone smelled bad, this wouldn't have been such an issue. But there's little or no excuse now for anyone to leave home in grubby clothes without showering, brushing their teeth, and combing their hair. Not to do so is just plain laziness. It ultimately boils down to courtesy to others. Even if you can't smell yourself, poor personal hygiene produces some pretty rank odors. In crowded metropolitan areas, on public transport, or even in the office, no one will want to sit near you. But in tight spaces, they'll be forced to, and they won't thank you for that. It'll affect your professional life, too. You may not get hired in the first place. But even if you jump that hurdle, your coworkers may reject you before they even gotten close enough to know your name. If you feel you may have been slacking a little on the personal hygiene front, the good news is that's a simple fix and will turn things around quicker than you can change your shirt. Number six, you complain a lot. It's no secret that life can be a bitch sometimes, or even a lot of the time. There are some highlights which need to be celebrated along the way. But the reality for many of us is that there are probably more struggles than wins. But that doesn't mean it's okay to bend the ear of anyone who'll listen about all the crap you're dealing with in, within your own life. 
They're probably pretty caught up in thinking about ways through the labyrinth of stresses in their own life anyway. They won't thank you for adding to their burden by sharing your own woes. Generally speaking, people much prefer those who remain positive in the face of adversity. The glass half full peddlers are likely to be way more popular than the glass half empty ones. Why not try to resist the impulse to constantly complain? People don't want to hear your moaning, nor do they want to be friends with a bitter person. Flip things around and take stock of the good stuff rather than focusing on all the negatives. As well as making you better company, a positive mental attitude will make you feel better too. If you do need to rant, and we all do sometimes, do so with a friend and ask permission before you do. And complain to one or two people only. Once you've gotten something off your chest, why get stuck on repeat and tell everyone else? It only serves to keep you mired in the negative. Number seven, you gossip. On the face of it, sharing gossip would appear to be a great way of making sure you're with the in crowd. If you know some juicy nugget about another person, being the one to divulge that information to others will possibly raise your popularity in the short term. That's because even if we try not to listen, most of us just can't help but want to hear of some drama being played out in the lives of our acquaintances. Take note, though, that I said short term. Why is that? Because spreading gossip will offend people and, sooner or later, you'll be confronted about your bad habit. This will be awkward and embarrassing for you, but worse still, you'll end up being excluded for gossiping or rumor-mongering. Once you get a reputation as a gossip, few people will want to associate with you since they won't trust you to keep anything they have secret. Next time you have a scoop about someone you know, do your level best to resist the urge to share it. Number eight, you are hypocritical. When your own standards of achievement are exceptionally high and you accept nothing but the best when it comes to your own performance, it's very easy to put down others whose level of attainment falls below your lofty expectations. That's understandable. But being on the receiving end of unconstructive criticism isn't the best motivator. Whether in the boardroom, the locker room, or the bar. If you're seen as someone who never gives praise or encouragement and is too ready with a harsh comment, then you'll soon find your peer group deserting you. You may see the criticism as positive and a way to help others to achieve more. But trust me, that's not the way it feels when you're on the receiving end of consistently negative appraisals. Sure, by all means, give constructive advice, framed carefully with positive overtones. But hypocritical put-downs will gain you no friends at all. Number 9. You are always late. Some people always arrive late for appointments and don't give a second thought to any inconvenience this may cause to others or how rude it is to keep people waiting. Somehow these individuals just don't get the fact that this comes across as thoughtless, at best, and arrogant at worst. It's surprisingly easy to think that the rules don't apply to you and that it's okay to stroll in 10 minutes late. It's not. Show courtesy to others by arriving on time and they'll respect you for it. Of course, 
There are always times when transport issues or other unavoidable problems make us late. Just remember that other people's time is valuable too, and don't make it a habit of it. Number 10, you like to be in control. Genuine friendship must involve an element of compromise. They get their way sometimes, and you get your way at other times. Only that's not how it is with you. You like to control the situation to your own advantage or preference. Dinner date with friends? You know the perfect restaurant and won't hear another word about it. Casual drinks after work? You drag your colleagues to the newest, hippest bar in town when they were hoping for something more chilled. Movie night or game night? You have a such strong opinion that no one else feels able to make a suggestion, so you get your own way. It's frustrating to socialize with you because everything has to be on your terms, which is why people don't like you very much. Number 11. You tell others what they should do. You have an opinion on everyone else's life, and they don't have a choice whether or not they want to hear it. Instead, you preach from your metaphorical pulpit, telling others how they should live their life. Sure, good friends will discuss one another's problems or lives, but they do so from a place of respect. You, on the other hand, express your thoughts in such a forceful way that the other person feels condescended to, as if they can't take responsibility for their own life. The end result, no one really listens to what you have to say. 12. You hold a grudge. No matter how close the friendship, two people are unlikely to go through life without rubbing each other the wrong way at times. People do stupid things without even thinking that they hurt those they care about. But most people are eventually able to look beyond the hurt and let bygones be bygones. Not you, oh no. You hold on to the wrong and you don't let it go. Forgiveness isn't in your vocabulary, and you let your friendships degrade over silly little things, and you wonder why people don't like you or consider you a close friend. Number 13. You are close-minded. Everyone has an opinion about everything, now more than ever. Being open to those opinions and the ideas and thoughts of others is a sign of emotional maturity. You, on the other hand, are unable to even consider the potential value or truth in a view that conflicts with your own. What's more, you are so self-righteous that you proceed to tell anyone with a dissenting opinion how wrong they are and how foolish they are to believe such a thing. And because there are so many contentious issues out there, you can find something to argue about with almost anyone, and you do. Unfortunately, most people don't enjoy such aggressive debates, and so they avoid you altogether. Number 14. You're a drama queen. Everyone has their own dramas in life, but some people have more and bigger dramas than others. You? Well, your dramas are legendary. Everything in your life is a drama. Everything is a problem or a fight or something that needs to be dealt with. The problem with drama is that it requires a great emotional investment. And whilst you might be okay with that, most other people are not. Being around someone whose life is defined by drama is exhausting. 
It's no surprise that people don't like you. Number 15. You're a cheapskate. Money isn't everything by any means. We all have different amounts of it at our disposal, and it's understandable that some people can't spend as much as others. But there is also the person who has plenty of money and yet refuses to spend it on anything. If you are such a person, it, it's going to cause friction amongst you and others. Perhaps you don't want to chip in for a tip at the restaurant. Maybe you refuse to upgrade seats at the movies, even though the rest of your party wants to. Do you only agree to go somewhere if you can find a voucher for it? Listen, there's nothing wrong with being frugal. But when that frugality prevents others from doing something they would like to do, it becomes a problem. People will begin to resent you for your tight purse strings and it will stand in the way of your enjoyment at the time. They'll just stop inviting you to things altogether. And finally, number 16, you're a snob. On the other end of the spectrum from the cheapskate is the snob. Perhaps you only wear designer labels and look down on your friends for wearing more affordable clothes. Maybe you belittle them for choosing a cheap wine when you're drinking a vintage bottle at five times the price. Do you regale your colleagues with tales of your five-star all-inclusive scuba diving holiday in the Maldives over and over? Snobs make other people feel bad. If you're a snob, you are probably pushing people away without even realizing it. So now I want to get into why I don't care if people don't like me. Okay, so personally speaking, I used to care so much about what others thought of me. I was a people pleaser for most of my life. I wanted to be liked so badly by others, even by people I didn't even like, which is the funny part. It was exhausting always trying to kiss ass and do certain things I didn't even want to do in order to win people over. I would even not stay true to myself and who I was to impress others. I would adapt different behaviors and habits all in attempts to get people to like me. But in the last decade, I've just come to realize that I didn't want to do that anymore. It was too exhausting. Having a lot of health issues makes you see things in a different light. When you're ill, oftentimes you've become enlightened to all the things that truly matter and the ones that don't. I know certain people don't like me and I know why. I have a larger than life personality, not to mention a big mouth. I speak my mind and oftentimes don't censor myself. I also have a very sarcastic sense of humor and I found that some people think I'm just way too over the top. They can't handle it. But on the flip side, I have many people that love me for the same reasons. Either way, I don't pay attention to my detractors. I just focus on staying true to myself. I won't change who I am for anyone. It's okay to have people not like you. We are all very different from one another. We all have very distinct personalities. What one person may like about you, another person won't. The key is not to focus on the acceptance of others. It's all about focusing on living your life your way. Try to put energy into yourself 
and the people you know who love you for everything that you are and forget about worrying about the people who don't. I've done that and believe me, it's totally liberating. Now with that, I'm off to go spend some time outside on this beautiful day here in Ontario. Please, everyone stay safe and well. Until next time, ciao beautiful people.